following message is being transmitted at the request of the Boundless Pod Trap Movie Review and the guys of the BPT. What you are about to hear contains spoilers to movies. If you don't want to hear these spoilers, please disengage your listening device at this time. If you can't handle those with a possible differing view on a movie, you may also want to disengage your listening device at this time. Stay tuned for a movie review that only the guys at the Boundless Pod Trap can give you. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. It is that time again to listen to the three of us talk about a movie. We know that's everybody's favorite part of the week. Yeah. Because we're so good at it. We every are. other week. Every, every other fourth week. week. Every other fourth every, week. Every other, other week. This is correct. But tonight, we're going to get some. Get some. Get some. Yeah, we're going to be doing a review tonight. And I feel like this one's going to be kind of a quick one because there's not much on Justin's end to delve into deep meaning what on what this movie is supposed to be. I'm I think sure he did me gonna, wrong on this one. I'm sure he's going to try, though. Oh, he's, he said he's, he, he, he was trying, but uh, I, and, and there, there really isn't much substance to this movie, but let's get right into it. So, to, Mighty Ducks, let's go. T- tonight, we are reviewing the 2011 movie, Division 3. Football's finest. Uh, but hey. I didn't get to see Division 1 or 2, so I'll, I was a little Are you still on that? Oh, boy. So this movie stars Andy Dick. It has actually a lot of, see, a lot of people from Mad TV. In that it. was that was the first thing that uh, really pulled me on board. Like, I, I do love Andy Dick. Say what you will about Andy Dick. There's, he is a very He's underrated, hated celebrity, I want to say, because of his antics, his quirkiness. You can't put him in a box. Well, and like, I think he's great. He's unique. He yells a lot. A lot of his characters are the same, but I love that. But it's like, you know, he had stuff on MTV that oh, yeah. was like the Andy Dick show oh, where yeah. it was like I love scoops that. of things. And he had one called The Assistant, which is yeah, yeah. supposed to be like The Apprentice. I can't find shit on that anywhere. It's I still remember. under the Andy Dick show, I thought. Is it? It was just a segment with Andy. Uh, yeah, The Assistant under yeah. the Andy Dick it show. It was I such thought. a good show. Yeah. I like I like his humor. And that's the thing I loved about this. This was a suggested movie by a, uh, a friend of mine named Delaney that I work with. She told me that she knows my humor. She thinks I'd like this movie. And, you know, it's it's a, it's a fun film. I watched it for the second time the other night, and I thought it was funnier the second time around than the first time around. But, uh, yeah, like I was saying, there's a lot of people from Mad TV in it. Mo Collins is in it, Will Sasso, Brian Collin, uh, Deborah Wilson. Uh, I think there was somebody else that I'm missing. Yeah. Adam Carolla is in it. Marshall Cook, who, I mean, I don't know much about him. I think this might have been the only thing I've seen him in. Let me go over the the IMDb synopsis of this movie real quick and to the point. After the <laughs> sudden death of the head coach of a small Division three football program, athletic director Roy Goodwin hires ex-convict Rick Weiss in a desperate attempt to get the Blue Cox back to a winning season. And I guess you really don't need much more than that for this because it's a pretty straightforward movie it's the kind of comedy movie i like and I, i'll go first with the the ratings here i like it because it's got a lot of humor in it that a lot of people are afraid to do these days granted this is from 2011 
but I still think we lived in a pretty watered down, butthurt type of world back then even, but it was a very transitionary area right there. Yeah. But this is like the raunchy type of comedy movies that I think need to be made. It reminds me of my favorite nineties comedy movies, like something about Mary, dumb and dumber, things like that. It's just fun. It's to the point. There's nothing that's really dramatic about it. Like to me, the final football scene, you know, it doesn't drag it out like most movies do. It's pretty much, it's really quick and to the point. Um, But with all that being said to me, I'm going to give this movie a 7.5. Justin. Okay. Going back to, because it's a football movie brought my, my thing down to like a two. (laughs) I don't really care too much, you know, for the sport itself. But there are movies that are awesome around the sport. Hilarious, even. Was that the the comebacks and stuff? Or not the comebacks. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Whatever. Anyways, God, get this coming movie. off your brand. No, this movie, because it had a lot of the actors that I loved growing up with, like Mad TV was a huge influence. I've always preferred Mad TV over Saturday Night Live because I think they stretched boundaries that yeah. they weren't really safe with things. And like well, That's bro- the difference between Fox and CBS. Like, there was a huge demographic difference yeah like names like deborah wilson will sasso brian callen mo collins like that was my probably my earliest intro to sketch comedy where i I guess where i enjoyed it and brian callen is one of the guys i've kind of followed throughout the years will sasso is probably one of my favorite actors on the show like a lot of his characters like the steven seagal the uh tony soprano like his take on certain things it's so awesome although he wasn't big on this one yeah he had a very small role all of them had relatively small roles and andy dick like i was saying say what you will about him i like him i grew up on like the ben stiller show andy dick uh ben stiller jenny garofalo it was it was really cool the humor kind of going off the same points that you said the humor was awesome but it also can be i don't know if i say like a forgettable movie like watching it now was it was a good experience. I enjoyed it. I would also rate it a 7.5. Well, and uh, to touch on your point too, not your penis point, but Thank what you. you're just, just talking about. <laughs> it's a preferred taste this movie. Yeah. Not everyone's going to like yeah, this humor because no, no. there's a lot of little things in this movie like, you know, we'll, we'll get into here in a little bit, but I mean, if you're easily offended, you're not going to like it. If random humor is not your thing, you're not going to like it. And if a guy yelling the whole movie is not your cup of tea. You're not going to like it. So yeah, Lonnie. So I will straight out, come out and say at the beginning, I didn't really enjoy this movie, but my comedy preferences are very dark, very, very dry humor. But there were some stuff in this movie that I really did enjoy. Andy Dick's character himself hit some very funny notes in it. But I had some PTSD from this, and we were we, me and Justin were talking about it. I had a hockey coach. My nine to eleven year hockey coach was Andy Dick, almost to the T of this guy. His anger, the way he blew off the horn, the way he didn't give two shits about the kids, like it was this guy. So like having flashbacks of this, and we're like, well, we're children, like. Of course we're not heaving huge adults. We're fucking kids. (laughs) So getting through that, but Andy Dick's passion in this role, you could tell. Like he was giving it and then giving it again. Like everything he was doing was 
plus a thousand percent. I'm not an Andy Dick fan at all. So this was probably definitely my favorite Andy Dick role. I think they were trying. You said dick roll. <laughs> <laughs> the best dick roll I've ever, ever seen. Jeez. Um, it, I think the movie, they tried to fit too many different humor styles in it. Like sometimes they're super raunchy and there was balls on a guy's head. And then the next thing they tried to fit in like deadpan humor. Grant you that was Andy Dick's actual balls. Uh, yeah. yeah. Was it? It was. Yeah. Ah. Um, and then they they try to fit in deadpan humor, which I love, but they didn't really know how to do it. But they just around this time it was getting really popular, so they try to slide it in there. But it would be it'd be the right place for it, but it was just executed just a little bit wrong enough where you're like, ah, that was bad. But yet they do it at other times in the movie that was perfect. But just so minute little things where it's like you'd see it and you'd go, hey, that was funny. But it was so unexpected. Like it didn't hit a funny note because it was like, huh. <laughs> It'd be like, shit, 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 shit. Huh, okay. Shit, shit, shit. Like where they're all getting asking the, the kid to come eat with them. And just the random, the son randomly goes, ha. Two girls. That's probably my favorite. <laughs> together, line. Yeah. he's like, "Look at the two girls. Uh, two girls together." <laughs> I was talking like about the randomness. It's so it's, stupid. It's, it's, yeah, and and that's the thing. What I really liked about like those sorts of humor, like National Lampoons and you know Hot Shots, stuff like that, where you write a whole movie and then you write another movie behind it. So it's like the things that are happening in the background are sometimes funnier than the oh, foreground. Yeah. Absolutely, stuff. but they didn't do it enough. They to make it fun. Well, the reason they did it probably there is because that was the most boring dialogue probably of the movie. So they had to add something in the background to keep people engaged into it, I think. Right. But, but all in all, not my comedy style. I think I'd give it a four. That gives us a BPT rating of 6.5. Lonnie just hates the movies that I pick. It's not the movies. <laughs> hey, you didn't pick this. That's Blame true, this on right? somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, going with like what Lonnie was talking about, I guess what all of us was pretty much talking about. So Rick Weiss, the character Andy Dick is portraying, what I really liked about him is I appreciate this going against the grain attitude. That's Andy Dick's character, well, his personality and his character in this movie. It took me, you know, like it's framed like an actual like sensational summer football movie or so. It's like, wow, but it's so random here and there. But watching it as someone who despises football, I couldn't get into it because, I mean, making a movie that it's like, it's about football kind of, but then it certain elements, it's like, come on, boys, we got to win the big game. Like, where the fuck that come from? Like, don't try to jam a football movie into my comedy movie. It's either be a football movie or don't be. And then they they kind of tried to pigeonhole in like a whole rom-com aspect in it too. It's like, pay, make up your fucking minds. Like, am I supposed to laugh at dick jokes or am I supposed to fall in love or am I supposed to cheer on the blue cocks? I think that's the whole point of the movie. I don't, I, the way Andy Dick has always done things and I mean, he was a producer, I believe was on this and a writer. Yeah. But like, that's what he does. Like, I think he purposely made it so that it was all over the board. And I, I think that they did a good job of putting it all together. I don't know of too many parts in the movie where I was like, mm, they could have probably left that part out. I think it all, it all fit, but I like that kind of humor. Right. I like that sort of thing. I think it basks well with the, the character of him 
to the subject of the movie. Like, you don't lock down who he is until he actually explains it coming the third way in. And it's like, oh, okay, well, this is kind of what the movie is about. It's like he's so unhinged, <laughs> so non-conventional, like his, doesn't matter, fuck it. <laughs> like, well, yeah. It's just, uh, just the, I mean, the, his clipboard thing. Like, I like that was a reoccurring thing where he's breaking yeah. clipboards and it's like, then he's picking up the small pieces of the clipboards and he, breaking yeah, those over people. He broke at least like 20 clipboards oh, yeah. in this whole movie. Yeah. And I thought every time he arrives somewhere with a bike, he just tosses the bike somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, gee. Yeah. <laughs> Little things like that I loved. Like, consistency of bits I loved. The thing I love most about this movie, so Andy Dick wears a leg brace and the thing is made out of metal and it's so rickety and old that <laughs> every time it. he walked the whole time you just hear the ee, 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 yeah. like when he yeah. does things fast it's just like it gets louder and stuff and I forget the exact part it was the first time I watched it but just the different sound effect it made just I lost it but I think then, with his go ahead I was gonna say and then they do a little throwback to exactly uh Forrest, Forrest Gump, Gump where he's <laughs> running along the sidelines and it breaks apart and then he falls off flat on his face. It's like, because I love that part in Forrest Gump where it's so, like, it's sensational. Yeah. He breaks it and then he becomes like, wow, this is this Wonder Boy, like, just running. And they did that exact same thing in Mafia, but it made it comedic. Yeah. You know, like, all this shit is falling, you know? And then I was expecting to see that when I saw this. I'm like, I've seen this movie before. <laughs> but it did it because it, it all went wrong for him. Like, he broke his leg again or so. Well, but, and, and this is the thing too about this movie is, like I said, it's not afraid to cross boundaries, and there are things that I wouldn't do, like the use of the f word, and I'm not talking fuck, I'm talking about a derogatory term towards people, homosexual. Yes, vague. Yeah, he uses that word. It's like I don't agree with using that word. I just think that's really derogatory, but it's like they did it. And it's just like, you know, I know uh, enough people got a chuckle. And I, I'm sure even like some of like any homosexuals that watch it, they probably got a chuckle out of it too, because it's not, I don't know. I guess it's not directly directed towards, I, I don't know how I want to say that, but my thing it, with, with like words like that is like, it's the person who puts the power in the word. The word itself holds no power. Yeah, it's, yeah. But for me, I, I don't care. You call me every name in the book. It's like, I choose to find offense. The other people, I mean, Technically, they are choosing to be offended of that, yeah, true. no matter how sensitive it is. Well, it's I, think, like, I think a lot of people these days just want to find something yeah, to, yeah. to feel yeah. offended about. Yeah. But this movie isn't about that, and it's natural with that. That's what I like about like certain things where they don't shove it in your face. The, like... Shit's Creek or something like that. Yeah, there's a one of the main characters is a gay dude. Yeah, you know, well, few of the gay you know characters. It's like, but it's not about that, and they don't push it, and that's why you love it because it's like you're not here to try to tick a box. This is the world, and now we understand it. You know, and it's not like nope, get on board, get on board, get on board. It's like no, but yeah, this movie is. It shows you the lovable vulgarity of like the character himself, and like when he explains himself. Like he makes a compelling argument as far as like why he is the way he is, because like I said, he's a very non-conventional character. Most coaches, they want to get the team together to be a team, to be cohesive, to be a unit, go out and, and work for a goal. Whereas he allows himself to be the enemy. So everybody hates him. And so they will band together in spite of him because that's how he was raised. And it's like, well, that's different, you know? And I like that because it's, it fits his Kind of his martyr mentality. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different method, you know? Yeah. And going on, like, backtracking a little bit about the derogatory term, 
I honestly think, and and this is probably their mindset. They were from back in what was it, 2011? Yeah, yeah. Um, or at least 2010, nine. It was probably filmed way back then because I think there was a year or two before um, Adam Carolla and Will Sess before they filmed their stuff. They the movie was pretty much complete, and they inserted a lot of that stuff and had to make things up on the spot. Hey, Adam Carolla in this movie, man. Very dry. Living legend. He's very, he's himself in this movie. Yeah. It's yeah. so great. But anyway, back in that time period, saying the word fag was pretty common and it was a joking term and it was things people said. But if saying the whole word, yeah, yeah, it that's when shit hit the fan. And it kind of is that same, that bro code mentality where you can still say it in appropriate situations up in the appropriate friend group right but not, not that i would say that to you guys <laughs> uh, not on a podcast huh? <laughs> but the full word has never in any shape or form been acceptable no just like changing an er to an ar that's it's never acceptable no every time i say the n word i always roll my r's so it's nixon <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. Oh God! <laughs> but it, yeah, it, a lot of it does come with the tone and the right respect of the the phrasing of the word. I feel he delivered it so quickly in this that you hear it and you soon forget it because immediately after he says it, he's drop kicking a football player. Yeah. You're not supposed to like him, <laughs> yeah. But because of he's such a fuck up and he's successful at it. And, like, that's how he's raised. The person who raised him was a piece of shit. And, like, yeah, my, you end up liking him because of he, his heart is in the right place. Right. <laughs> the first thing I laughed at hard at this movie was the opening thing with him where it shows him, like, making a protein shake. And he's putting all these bad things, like the eggs, shells, and all this stuff. And then he gets the orange juice and he just, like, a little <laughs> like drop of it. And I was like, oh, this is going to be good. Portion control. Yeah. And then I also, I was laughing at the part two where he's in the, the cafeteria and he's just like, get ready for a good old fashioned food fight. And he chucks this like, I don't know if it's mashed, mashed potatoes, potatoes or like a hundred miles per hour at this chick right in her face. She doesn't even move. Nobody flinches. And I'm just like, man, this, this movie's great. So. I think the part where they're trying to get rid of him, in a sense, at the beginning, like the other coach, the the previous coach, previous previous coach, uh, <laughs> walks in on him like snorting lines, and it's whey just whey protein. Powder. <laughs> yeah, whey protein. I I I also too like at the very beginning too, where they're showing the old football coach when they pour the water on him in slow motion, and he has, <laughs> he a, has a heart attack. attack. <laughs> Oh, or like just you know the things that you don't notice. It's not obvious, or I guess you notice it, but like the the subtitles or anchor, uh, like Brian Callen, like Danny D Dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they well, have like different names. Or well, and Mo Collins, she's just always like Miss Prissy and stuff like that when she's on camera trying to model and stuff. She, which I I think Mo Collins is underrated as well. Very much. I think she is very talented, and I think she's very beautiful. For yeah, I knew a you were going to something like that. Yeah. Okay. Especially when she's like, Stuart. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Deborah, Deborah Wilson. <laughs> like almost every time she was on, like she was just sexualizing, you know, like as the yeah, cheerleader. She was, she she was like, basically. Get, get down in there. Like, <laughs> or or she's fucking everything. Yeah. Or like when she's actually dancing, she's like, give me some room, bitches. I don't want to hurt the baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, then she's like on that guy's shoulders. Was, yeah. <laughs> it's like. 
eating her out is basically what's going on. I always had a huge crush on Deborah Wilson growing up. Oh, yeah. So, um, Monty, since you gave it the lowest rating, what were some of your favorite parts? Like I said, anytime Adam Carolla was on screen, I loved it. I really liked Andy Dick's interaction with the players as long as they weren't making talk back to him. Like the the quarterback kid, number 12, can't remember his name. Marshall Cook? The, the Mitch, writer? Mitch. Mitch. Mitch DePrima? The main guy? The main quarterback. Mitch. Mitch. Yeah. And he was one of the problems I had with the movie was Mitch because he, he tried to be that snarky comebacky kid with like fact and logic, which can be very funny. But for him, it just kind of made him an asshole. Like it made him seem like a conceited prick. Yeah, it kind of did. Now but, that you say yeah, that. And there's no, there's no, there was zero charm in that. I try to give him a little leeway since he's the writer and director. He's on all sides of the, the thing. Like certain things worked. He also reminded me a lot of uh, Lachlan Monroe or from like Dead Man on Campus and Scary Movie. Kind of like a cross between him and Sam Witwer. And the, there's a time. And I do love that comedy style. But the person you are having that back and forth with has to adjust to that style and has to kind of go into the fool role of that conversation. And Andy Dick was so determined in his role where he wouldn't play dumb. He would get angry and offensive, which is what they envisioned his character to be. And I'm sure he had a lot of character input that he forced on them. So when they would have that back and forth, it would kind of feel like two very butting heads people where like if that interaction is going to happen, the one playing the fool needs to look dumb and consider keep looking dumb. <laughs> and that was a lot of problem. What I had with this movie is they tried to do that interaction a lot where it was smart guy trying to talk down to a dumb guy who refused to look any more dumb. You just remember to get some go every time. <laughs> so others may every time <laughs> get some i love how we'd start to write it out and there's just <laughs> yeah. scribbles and get stuff uh, just his little antics like he's always beating the shit out of all of his players or slapping the nutritionist the nutritionist yeah, uh, like a 400 pound guy <laughs> he's like this tubby piece of lard is our nutritionist how the fuck that works <laughs> he's gonna get the players to drink their own urine <laughs> or he's throwing everybody the game ball when he goes over to the dicks he just throws it and walks off he has no no game words ball. For <laughs> yeah. it's uh, yeah um I was saying earlier, I think Andy Dick is a very underrated actor. Absolutely. I feel like every role that I've seen him in, he's knocked it out of the park. I also love him. And I think it was like 2006, 2004, that uh, employee of the month with uh, Jessica Simpson and Dane Cook. He played like a blind optometrist at a <laughs> at a Sam's store apparently is, is pretty much what it was and I mean he's just he's so good at what he does and I don't know if other directors are afraid to hire him and work with him because I think what you see in a movie is what you probably might get in in person well shit what you see in real life you know like the nightclubs seeing you know like he made tabloids so many times because of like some dude knocked him out at a club or so and i could see people getting annoyed with him like i i could see it but i i just feel like 
I would be that person that would get along with him in person. He's, yeah, I mean, like these days. Have you ever hung out with you? It's about the same. Ouch. What? <laughs> I was like, not to take that. Like his humor, his comedy or whatever, like he's kind of like, he, he's up in there like with like Ari Shafir and he, they got the, you know, Tom Green, like they have a very similar, I think, didn't Andy Dick start off of with Tom Green as before he got his show? I don't think not so. Not start off, but wasn't he part of? I don't think I so. there was another guy. I, was, Andy Andy Dick, I'm I'm not sure exactly where he got his start. I think it was Ben Stiller's show is when he got his start because they were like college sketch show, but and it went places. They had money, but yeah, no. Uh, I think one of my favorite scenes in this is the the put the ball in the air scene. Like, I'm going to put the ball in the air, and like he's <laughs> like we're saying the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> old Helen Yeller. That <laughs> I think it's Helen Keller. No, <laughs> a good offense is a good defensive mechanism <laughs> so many like good one-liners here it's, and there it's definitely it's it's a movie that i think everybody needs to check out that i don't know if enjoys I would humor needs. i should say if you like a, a humor movie it, it to me this is a different kind of movie it is it is a forgettable movie it's not one that you're gonna watch all the time and be talking about it forever but it's one of those ones where you watch it i think you'll be satisfied with what it is and you'll get that itch maybe two years later to watch it again, like yeah. one of those movies. But something to have on the background. Yeah, very much so. But I think you get distracted easily. Yeah. I mean, like his little antics, like certain things that he does. Like when he was walking into the, was it Shucks or whatever it is? The, oh, the the ball. Pl- yeah. Um, why can't I think? Anyways, he's he's going in there and he's trying to light the cigarette and he finally gets it light and then he like just throws it. And like, yeah. it's Within just like small th- things like that. <laughs> Or doing the whole serious scene in the nude in front of like a big black dude, <laughs> which Michael Chase. This was the last movie he did before he uh, went to prison for murdering his wife. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, he murdered his wife like he, for real. He did. He, he admitted it. What's up? He admitted it. Yeah, he called the cops on himself. Like I, as far as what I read, it was in front of his two kids. Like she was, this is kind of going off of the movie, but a little fun fact, not fun at all though. But, uh, it was like two years after the release of this, I think it was 2013. This movie was 2011. Yeah. I guess there were, and she was a, a, like a distance runner. She was some sort of like professional runner, well, sprinter she, or something like she that. She was obviously bad at it. <laughs> I guess there was like some allegations between him and her and maybe other people with her. Or so or he was at least accusing and he ended up shooting her in front of her kids, their kids, uh, and shot both of her legs. And then, like, he turned himself in, said he did it. There was that. There was a, what was it? It lasted, like, a good year or two, I want to say, the courts, all that. Wow, that's crazy to think. And he was I'm a good actor. The, Part of, I think he was also in The Wire. He did Southland. That was a TV series. That was the last thing that he did, 2013. And Division Three was the last movie he did, so... That's crazy. I'm going to have to look into that. I mean, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, this guy's really good. I should look him up in other things. But yeah, going back to Andy Dick and Mad TV, like Mad TV, again, one of my favorite TV shows growing up. Heck yeah. His comedy, you know, it fits perfectly. They, they mesh with like the other uh, Mad TV actors. He would have been an awesome cast member. You know, he would have gone. He would have been. And when did Mad TV go off the air? It's like it ended in. Series finale aired on May 16th, 2009. This is probably written... 15 seasons. Right after Mad TV was done. This is probably the first movie that they kind of... Well, most of those cast... together. Most of those cast members weren't no longer on Mad TV. 
I mean, Brian Callen went through like a whole cancellation phase. He was trying to get canceled because of other allegations. Like he wasn't able to work in Hollywood for the longest. Then I think Adam Sandler put him back on the spot. Good old Adam Sandler. Uh, Great guy. I could be wrong about that though. Great guy. Such a peach. 2011 was when this came out and maybe one of the reasons why it's not really that remembered as well is there were some great, great movies released in 2011. Moneyball, just looking at the list here. Soul Surfer, Cabin in the Woods. True story about the shark. Cabin in the Woods was 2011? Yeah. It feels like just yesterday I was watching that in the theater. The remake of Fright Night. Final Destination 5. Is that with Bullseye? Which one? Bullseye. The the remake with what's his name? The Irish actor dude who played Bullseye in Daredevil. Fuck, what is his name? Colin Farrell? Yes. Yes. Okay. What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Your mom's permanently. (laughs) Super 8, a movie I absolutely loved. Remember the Nigel Rooney book? When you don't know what the fuck to do. (laughs) (laughs) There's a thing where he, like, Andy Dick... You know, when he's finally appreciating the work that his team is doing, uh, his players, I should say, where he good games them in the front and not the back. Yeah. <laughs> it's because I think because Coach Vince is all about looking forward and he's not he's non-conventional tactics that bring a team together and hardens them as a group. That's why you good game in the front. It hardens them. Hardens. Yeah. Hardens the heart. You broke my glasses, bitch. <laughs> That, I, this movie, like, I don't think it got, like, a theatrical release for, what, for whatever reason. Because it's like, I don't remember ever hearing anything about this movie. I mean, back in 2000, that time frame, I was big into, like, going to the movies. And I feel like, had I seen the trailer to a movie like this, I would have probably went and seen it. Do you remember the part where <laughs> Andy Dick's actual daughter was in this? No. His actual daughter is the person he borrowed the phone from. And she's like, can I have my phone back? Really? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. And now you do. I didn't know that he had a daughter. He has a daughter. Now you do. I didn't know that Andy Dick. Now you know. He didn't know he had a daughter. Kids. Until this movie. Yeah. Well, shoot. Who should I make the check out to? (laughs) Dick. Fine. (laughs) All right. So were were there any other things, Justin, that were like hidden meanings? Was there any? (laughs) Like what, what was the reason behind the balls on the guy's face? Because Andy Dick is a sick motherfucker who... <laughs> because it, since his name's Dick and it was 12 Shows. o'clock on a Tuesday... And his... That was on 67's or was it 69's? It kind of reminds me of a... 67's a face. scene that's going to be coming out in Unemployed W2. <laughs> it doesn't really at all. Okay. <laughs> so, Lonnie. Yes. Let's start with you. What would you change about this movie? I would... Take out all of Mitch's quote unquote humor. So all of his dialogue. (laughs) Well, I mean, still let him have the rom-com aspect of the humor. His interaction with that girl was great, but his sarky, sarcastic humor, I think was awful. So take that all out. I think the people who played characters were great. Like the father, son, absolutely fantastic. Both them were great. You just spoiled it. Yeah, fuck them. Uh, I love the the nutritionist, even when they were going at it in the locker room and you just see him subtly open a knife and he's <laughs> like, down fatso. <laughs> I, that guy reminded me of uh, Scott Murphy. I can see that. 
very much. So. He has a very similar humor. Yeah. I guess a willing to put himself out there to be the, the blunt of the joke. I guess. Right. Loved Schwartz. <laughs> I, I love the character people. I also loved that. So go ahead and take one. <laughs> the pig in a blanket, not the tits. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that Schwartz. The little Schwartz. Oh, that. Yeah. Schwartz. Yeah. I think because he was a an underdog, nobody seemed to like believe in him because he's always benched. He's a know? Jew. Why do you expect? Yeah. And like when he does a little varial catch, you yeah. know, hop, jump off, varial the catch. Game like, winning catch. Yeah. And then like <laughs> lands it 10, gymnast style, I guess. I was like, right on, right on. Give the little dude a chance. Like, I love that it's not all about like your, your main players. And they don't push for somebody who's not a big football fan at all. Like, they don't push the uh, the plays and all that. And then they actually make it more comedic. And well, that's the thing I was saying is the end scene, the game, it's not a big over dramatic scene. It's it very quick. It's right. it's to the point. And the focus is on the coach and that he has successfully. Uh, <laughs> May or have a, a, a team that came out alive <laughs> and won. And that's another thing about this movie that irritated me. Like they switched gears and now it's a football movie. So why give us such an unbelievable football ending? Like no team in their right mind would have such a heater going in the fourth quarter because they were nothing and then they all of a sudden clicked. And started getting the long ball out and starting having amazing defense. No one's going to risk going for two on the last play of the game when they've all of a sudden got all this momentum. They're That's not going to they... risk the game on one play when they could easily take it into overtime and know they can win there. Like the players operate under the theme of like your enemy is my enemy, you know, and like whether it be the other team that they had a beef with, like at the party, however long before, the night before or whatever, whether it be against the coach, like they've had this time and heat and pressure to make themselves shine. So wrapping it all into a movie and only showing the football parts, the game, I guess, for for so little, um, they had to like quickly get them there. So it is fast, but eh. Football is really the only sport I watch. and You don't watch the Pac de Croix? You don't watch curling? Football is the only sport I watch. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Like, to your your point, Lonnie, why you wouldn't go for two. It's just like it was the whole thing of like his job was on the line type of thing. And so it's like going to put it all out there and you might as well win it in regulation because, I mean, I don't know. They, they were inconsistent pretty much the whole movie. Even when they were winning, they were barely winning. Yeah, and that was one of his things too is like when he asked about, well, yeah, this team won. Who is their coach? Because they are forgettable. He wants to be remembered. You know, he wants to be memorable. It's like because he's so much of a piece of shit, he will always remember him because that's who he remembered, the piece of shit who raised him. And but the, you know? the thing is, if you, like, backed it up too, like, in their mind, they think, like, the world's watching, but really nobody gives a shit about them. Right. Like, they don't care if he's their coach or not. Nobody knows who they are. Their stands are, have, like, the same 12 people in it. So I, I it's just... It. Yeah. You know, I've watched a lot of sports movies and I mean, it's just kind of, I think it's in a way making fun of sports movies too. Yeah. And it's very jabby at it. Yeah. And I, I don't know. It was a different movie. It was a unique movie. I, for me, things I would change, there, there's not too much I would change. I would probably do more of the random humor, like 
oh, two girls walking together. <laughs> like, yeah, that, like that shit's funny. Girls together. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was just, it was great. And then it's like he's saying other things too, like, oh, she's wearing pants or so, whatever he's yeah. saying as she's continuing to walk on. But I mean, I think more of that stuff. I really feel like this movie could have been made shorter than it was. I mean, it's like an hour and 38 minutes, I think, was from start to finish. It's like, I really feel like this movie could have been told in like an hour, but then, you know, movies don't go that long. I think they could have added some other things. And I think that the love interest of Mitch, uh, well, I forget her name. I clicked out of the, the thing, but like, I feel like they could have expanded on that a little bit more because I feel like that was just kind of an afterthought. I don't really think they put much thought into this love. Don't leave with blazer or whatever his name. Yeah. But Justin, what about you? What would you change? I would say the same thing. Like I, I enjoy that national lampoon, uh, Mel Brooks style, like humor where so much is going on in the background and you get a taste of it and then it falls off and then you get a taste of it and then it falls off again. But you're relying so much on like the antics of Andy Dick and you can't place him. You can't put him in a box. You can't, guesstimate what he's going to do next. So it's like, well, geez, even when he comes in and he's not himself and like everybody's ducking and dodging and it's like, well, he's not, yeah, he's not. That was fucking great. Yeah. And like, he's making fast movements, but they're soft. <laughs> and it's like, all right. They're at this point expecting to be beat, you know, to be whipped back into shape and stuff. But he's like, he always has to be against the grain is if he's not doing what the common coach is doing, and then when he's expected to be who he is, he's not. I liked that. But the constant, like, pick up and go, pick up and go, pick up and go. Like, I uh, could have changed that. That it was a football movie, I'll give it a pass because it doesn't, the, the point isn't around it. It's about a coach's fuck-ups. <laughs> but I I probably would watch it again. It's one that if I can find it on DVD. I'm going to add it to the collection. It's a good humor movie. It's one of those movies, too, where it's like I might watch to get inspiration for making a movie. And I just, that's one thing, too, like watching this movie, it's just like that was definitely probably a set where there was a lot of fucking laughter. Oh, yeah. Between takes, that's what I like takes. And it it gets me excited for filming. Like when you got names like Will Sasso and, you know, Brian Callen and Mo Collins, and, you know, like, yeah, of course it's going to be. And, Movies like this where they have the end credits and a few of the outtakes, I, that's usually the best part to stay. You know? And it's right. with, with talented people like that, too. This is one of those movies where they have a script set, but they also let them Roll do their it. own thing yeah. and <clears throat> say other things that they want to say during the take. Like, you know, all right, we're going to roll the camera, say three different things for this line and just try to make each other laugh. And So I would love to see if there's a behind the scenes making of of this movie on like the actual DVD, but right. And I give props to uh, Mitch character. Fuck, what is his name? Mitch Marshall Cook. Yes, I give props to Marshall Cook for writing it, directing it, acting in it. Like it's a triple threat, like hard thing to do all at once. This was his baby. He put it together on his laptop, like doing it pretty much the way that we do it. Right. So props to that. I guess the biggest budget was probably Andy Dick, but oh, I'm sure. Yeah, and then like 20 clipboards and probably <laughs> a few bikes. And I'm sure they used the same clipboard. Uh, I don't know that. I think it was the same bike the whole time because as the movie goes on, that bike is getting more and more fucked. <laughs> there was a kind of an unknown character. I mean, he was part of the team, but I really liked him. How you know, kind of out of shape, but like probably the most in shape person there. Like 
doing handstands and splits and like kind of a, a dancer background. It seemed like <laughs> I'm like, look at this guy. Like he's gymnast dancer, but got a bit of, bit of a belly on him. But yeah, what's crazy is Andy Dick. Like I'm looking at his page. Like he is constantly doing stuff. He is currently filming six things right now. Good for him. <laughs> That's crazy. He so. played it smart. He, he don't have to, don't got to worry about too much in the long future, I guess. I mean, he's done like 50 things since Division 3. So much for getting him to be in one of our movies. You can get him on Cameo for probably a hefty price. <laughs> Let's check it out. I'm looking up on IMDb. Back in 2006, they did a Division 3 short film where he they did Coach the, Vice. I didn't know that. It started off, and I don't think they had Andy Dick then. But they the did because he played oh, Coach yes. Vice. It was actually a trailer uh, or sorry, uh, was it on a, a Super Bowl? And it's like it's got Marshall Cook. He was the director, but he was yeah. also like twelve Marshall, years old. Marshall, <laughs> that's crazy. Andy Dick's cameo prices. If he's talking just to you, it's hundred and eleven dollars. That's not bad. But, but if you honestly. want him to talk to your business, it's six hundred ninety three dollars. What if your name is the Balanced Padre? Why would I have him talk to my dick? <laughs> My business, Dick. But anyways, what do you? What do we got coming up next? Next, we got a uh, the next movie that we're going to be doing is going to be a guest episode movie. We're going to have a local filmmaker, actress, writer. She's a a a person of many trades, very talented, very much so. It'll be uh one of our our friends, Dorothy Borum. Yes, Dorothy. I call her Lady You D. don't know how to say her, her name? It's Dorothy. <laughs> Dorothy. My name's fucking Dorothy. Gosh. No, pretty cool person. We're going to be reviewing one of her movies, 2017's Corruptor. Oh. Corruptor. I haven't seen it, but. Where is it available to be viewed? You can view it online. On, <laughs> <laughs> on the interwebs. Go online and you can view it. Spit it up, man. You can view it on Tubi. Tubi. Tubi TV. Tubing. Corruptor 2017. So, All right. Well, that's <clears throat> that's coming up in about a month's time. Yes. That'll be an interesting one. I'm looking forward to that. What do we got coming up on our next podcast? The though? next podcast. She would also be, we'll get a uh, an experience with her in studio with us to talk about some of her other endeavors as far as writing. Uh, she just released a book called Heartless. I'm about halfway in, and it is... Very captivating for me because it is right up my alley. It is the very first thing I seen of hers mirrors a lot of this. And I was like, holy shit, I love exactly. I, I want this. So I'm excited to finish this book. We'll be discussing the book. I'm going to read it. Lonnie, I believe, is going to try I'm to read gonna, it. I'm going to try to get it on time. Yeah. Try to consume it. How many pages an is it? Uh, 180. I will probably be an outsider because I don't have much free time to watch many movies, let alone just, read a book. Just so. take a long. I will be an outsider for this one. Take I will, a long I will, I will, yeah. I will read the synopsis and kind of get a general idea of what it's about, but I. Why don't you support our local talent? I am supportive. <laughs> I just I have he so, is the local talent. I have so much going on that I can't guarantee that I'm going to be able to read 180 pages. It's all good. We're going to get different perspectives. I'm going to read it. it. So, am I going to read it by the time we record? Probably not. Well, so. you'll get the whole gist of it during that podcast. So no maybe not the whole. No spoilers. <laughs> up to her. Up to her if she wants to spoil something. She's going to be pushing most of it. So we're gonna. Put all that pressure on her. She's going to gonna sign it. autographs here. So <laughs> anybody wants to come up. Anyways. But yeah, uh, so Dorothy Borum, she'll be in studio with us. We'll be doing that podcast. We'll be doing in two weeks after that, 
the movie podcast of the corruptor. Sorry, corruptor, not the corruptor. Corruptor. Oh man. Yes. All right. Well, as always, we appreciate everybody listening to us. That was uh, Division Three football's finest that we reviewed tonight. And you don't need to see one or two to enjoy this. You one. don't. They don't even. They're gonna. They're hard to find. But, anyways, you know. As always, you know, watch movies. That's that's what the I really enjoy about this is being able to. I know we, we knock fun at Justin's movies a lot, but it, it is enjoyable to see different things. That's the whole point of this thing. Branch out. I'm trying to be that way with a lot of things in life now, but try new things, enjoy new things. Uh, always a good time with Justin and Lonnie. We thank you for listening. And like I said, join us next in a couple of weeks when we have Dorothy Borum on to chat with her. Have a good night. Bye. Have your pet spayed or neutered. Zazzle.com. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This concludes our broadcast day. Click.